season with Isaiah Williams. It's that season where everybody's campaigning for a reason. Introducing my next guest. Um, my name is Richard Bowler. I am running to be your next senator at large. I'm a political science major, philosophy minor, hailing from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Give it one time for D.C. Our friend Marcus is from D.C., right, Marcus? Um, you know, one thing I've noticed about you is you give a very uh, presidential vibe. You're very, you give a very Capitol Hill vibe. Um, tell me, like, what makes you want like get into politics? Because you seem like you're very, 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 very interested, man, about, like, you. this is, like, something you're very passionate about. Uh, yes, indeed, um, Isaiah. I've been, in, um, I've been intrigued and involved in politics, Um Ever since the age of 13, um, I've seen the voices of people ignore, uh, people not being able to uh, give their input. Uh, and what makes us a viable, uh, what's supposed to make us a viable democracy is the fact that our voices are supposed to be heard on, you know, on every aspect of politics. And um, why I'm running for this position is because um, I want to amplify the voices of, of the students. Um, of us, so that's why I'm running for a senator at large. So you said a philosophy minor? Yes. So you're like heavy into philosophy and stuff like that? Yes. Interesting. Can you give me um, some examples of that? Because I, I, I love philosophy myself, that's why. Okay, so uh, Socrates uh, is um, he's an infamous philosopher. He's mm -hmm. known as saying um, the person who doesn't know uh, that he doesn't know I mean, a person that knows that he doesn't know is more uh, is more intelligent than the person that thinks he knows but doesn't know. Are you familiar with Diogenes? Um, I haven't re really read um, him that much. That's one of the best ones. He's a stoic. Okay, I should check him out after this. <laughs> he believed he, like he lived like in a um, in the middle of Athens. He lived in like a bowl. He only had his only possession was a bowl. And then when he like seen this guy. This little kid drinking from a um, he was drinking the water with his hands. He gave him the bowl and he just slid like a rabbit dog. But he was Alexander the Great's tutor. Mm. Yeah, man, deep stuff, deep stuff. Um, so was like you being from D.C. Were you did you ever like visit the White House and stuff like that often? Oh, of course, of course. I, I visited the Obama White House. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember the first time I went to D.C. Uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, the White House looked it kind of gray. Oh yeah, yeah, man. So was was Barack Obama like a big influence in you? Um, of course. Um, Barack Obama was the first black president uh, of the United States of America, and he's done um, a great deal in influencing people like that look like me to run for public office in the future. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, like as a black man in America, it's like you kind of like you kind of break the mold. But like do like the things we do kind of is not that of the stereotypical black man you see every day. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you have like a legacy to uphold for future generations of black people in America? Um, yes, I, f I feel like a lot of people have those obligations, but me in particular, uh, me wanted to uh, pursue a career in uh, criminal and uh, civil uh, law. Uh, me wanted to um, be able to put people in positions of power, people that look like me, people that, you know, come from the same background as me um, and have similar philosophies. We, we have to highlight that as well, uh, not because we, we, we focus too much, I think, on um, race, but we have to focus on the policies as well. Um, um, and that's what I'm, I'm focusing on. So 
people that look like me plus the policies and philosophies, yes, that's very important and very vital uh, to a healthy democracy. Mm. I think the concept of democracy in America is kind of BS because I think America's ran on money. Like, cat, like, capitalism kind of supersedes democracy. That's how I personally feel. That's oh, definitely. I agree with you. Um, honestly, when I say democracy, uh, America's not really ran on democracy. America's ran on the republic. Um, and that it means that the United States is governed by the laws of the land, not democracy. The word democracy doesn't appear in the Constitution not one time. Or the same way it says we the people, but they're really just talking about white planters. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, you know, that's actually quite interesting. Um, so with this in mind, what's your vision for VSU in the future? Um, so my vision for my, my campaign vision for Senator at Large is voice, a voice you can believe in. So what I wanted to do is I want to establish a student led Senate where people from different departments on campus, people from different uh, classifications, they are able to speak freely and voice their opinions. Mm. Interesting. Do you feel like there's not a um there's not enough voice student those students are kind of unheard of like they're not like is what the voice is not there? I feel like a lot of people who are speaking right now they have very vital voices, um, but I feel like everybody should be inclusive in this because at the end of the day, we're about to embark on a journey in the real world. And the real world is a world in which you should participate in politics because policies affect our everyday lives. You know, the way in which we are governed, the way in which uh, stores get into neighborhoods, um, the way in which healthcare is dispersed throughout the United States. Uh, that's, that's what uh, we have to really do. And what I want to do is bring a, a real world uh, stipulation um, a simulation to the campus of Virginia State University. That's deep, man. Um, so you said you've been into politics since you was 13. Did you ever get like any, um, did people ever look at you differently for being into, like to being so heavily involved in politics at such a young age? Uh, yes, they would call me an old soul sometimes because I wanted to get involved in politics. Um, at the age of 13, by the age of 16, everyone was involved in politics because of the election of um, Trump. Donald Trump. So um, every everybody, um, you know, probably looked at me different, like a cricket politician. I sp the way in which I speak um, is not, uh, I, I guess it's not deemed contemporary, uh, but, you know. Crooked? What do you mean crooked? I don't know. People say I get off this politician vibe. And I'm not that person. You, you did. You do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. That's why I said. That's why I was like, uh, you have a very uh, politician vibe. Me, myself, I'm actually super into politics. Like, believe it or not, I'm actually a poli star major myself. But, you know, mm. I understand something totally different. Like, I see America and such. Like, personally, I think the American political system's. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's actually very It's fake. not for nobody. It's for people with money. Um, that's why, that is exactly why I'm running for Senate at large. Because I don't want our generation to be brainwashed by the media, the mainstream media. Um, and um, I think a lot of people our age are susceptible to this form of, um, you know, this form of lying um, and other things as well. 
I think the like honestly one of the one of the reasons I actually made this like why I made why I'm making this is the fact that like uh like I don't really watch TV. I don't I want to make I want to basically make like a, a, a the new main like I don't want to say mainstream because you know that's very negative connotations. But I want to basically make like a a platform like I want to make like an ABC. But instead of it being owned by Disney or Viacom or any of them type companies, I want it to be a black owned black led company that amplifies the black of black stories and black voices. Like you know, everybody that I've, I've interviewed that's running for candidates, you know, you anybody else that's you know not, all these other people, all these great people. That I hope that someday, I you know, I'm manifest that one day, you know, we all gain positions of power and that we all help each other, even in like in the actual real world, and that this is what, and that we could look back on this like, wow, we mm-hmm. you know we did this for pretend, you know, like this is that's kind of why I I really want to make this platform. That's why I really want to um do it. That's why I really want to do what I do, and that's why. I, I'm actually loving, like, I actually love this. Because, mm-hmm. like, I know, like, everybody I interview, I know we're all going to be somebody one day, someday. It blows my mind. <laughs> it blows my mind, like, wow, me? Me of all people? <laughs> like, me? So, if you, so, when so, what, if you have had to run for a position in politics, like, an actual office, what would you run for? Um, I would, re- I would first run for uh, mayor of D.C., um, to get my uh to get some experience um it's the greatest city in the world in my opinion i know we all have biases but dc is the greatest city of them all um chocolate city as they once called it uh but <laughs> New York, but man. but then the ultimate goal for me is to run for president of the united states of america president um, yes president of the united states of america dude can i be in your cabinet in like 50 years um, we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see if you have the credentials. We'll see if you have the resume. But right now, you're impressing. Yeah, man. Just right now, you know, like it's just personally, I feel like um, being president. That's that's pressure, man. Like that's like I'm the president. Like I'm the leader of the quote unquote free world. Quote unquote. The quote unquote free world. Yes, I, I I I sit I sit with 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 uh I can I have to sit in the United Nations and all that stuff with with other dictators and and people who butcher people and stuff and you know it's like it's just the yeah, pre- we we can't think that way Isaiah I mean honestly this younger generation we have more in common with each other than we actually think this this war these everlasting wars that we see they're perpetrated by older generation you know older generations that grew up uh, fearing other other people based on religion, based on ideology, and based on other things. But we have actually more in common than um, other generations. I mean, the same generation as us in different countries. Um, so we have to really, you know, work together and end and mitigate these uh, social problems that we face today. What do you mean we have more in common with, like, generations for other countries? Like, elaborate on that. Meaning that other people, like other people, I mean, people that are in our generation that live in different countries, I believe that they they see past the BS. Like our generation is the most informed. And when I say our generation, it's not just um, it's not just based in America, but other places as well. Uh, it's a lot of people that I talk to from the UK um, and they say that they disagree with the idea of war, you know. Our wars are based on petty reasons, and that includes money. And opium and oil. Yes, yes, opium and oil um, and different resources. But honestly, I think our generation is the generation that's going to lead, um, you know, 
planet Earth to to greater heights. Age of Aquarius, spirituality type things. If you're into that kind of stuff, I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> I'm a Taurus, man. <laughs> but yeah, bro. Um, how has 2020 and quarantine affected you? Um, honestly, it's affected me in a in a negative and positive way. I mean. We're not able to socialize. Um, we are social creatures, as they say, um, human beings. Uh, and it's not allowed me to really enjoy life the way I would hope to. But the, the, the positive aspect of it is me being able to read, you know, a lot of books, me being able to find myself as an individual, me be, being able to connect with people in a different level as well. Because, you know, this pandemic has just given everybody opportunity to be the best version of themselves that's a um fact like i think quarantine 2020 helped me find myself a lot like really get the the type of direction i want to go like the fact that i was able to come up with this like i came up with like i i draw like i think like like everything starts with a vision am i wrong yes you have to have a vision like like it's the blueprint it's a blueprint like what what was like when you had like this? Because like being president, that's like that's deep, man. <laughs> what 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 made you have that vision? What, what when did you have that vision? Um, I had that vision. I want to say I always wanted to go into DC politics because local politics is basically the the mecca of of politics. You know, you, that's how you make direct changes within communities. But president came later down the line when I, when I was sixteen during the election of Trump. You know. Um, and what he did uh, against, you know, different communities. What Trump, people don't talk about the positive things in which Trump did do in terms of really waking people up to reality, the harsh reality that uh, anybody that can run for politics, the idea that America, majority of Americans are racist, unfortunately. Uh, The fact that money does run politics. Uh, Trump did do some positive things in that regard, but... You know, he also did some negative things, and we have to also hold him accountable. But all I hear is negative, negative, negative. You watch CNN, negative, negative, negative. You watch any news outlet, negative, negative, negative. They don't ever point out the fact that people have become more enlightened by this guy. And he made the Space Force. Yes, people don't understand that. Like, do you understand, like, all right, the Space Force might sound silly in 2021 as I'm making this. But when people look back at this video, when we're like 100 years old, 70, I'm gonna be like, wow. They, wow, people really thought the Space Force was a joke? Like, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 was, we barely, people, people, like, like we said, we're like old souls, man. Mm-hmm. Trying to explain these concepts to like the average 19 year old who's not in college is kind of hard. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, bro. It's difficult, bro. It's like, it's like talking to a brick wall sometimes. <laughs> yes. Like, bro, like, yeah, well, yeah, like, the Space Force, it sounds crazy, but, like, when you think about, like, you can't think, like, now, you gotta think, like, well, you gotta be in the present. Yeah. You, metaphysically speaking, you gotta think, like, 500 years from now, bro, like, mm-hmm. America's kind of, like, oh, America's kind of, is, is, is kind of built in a way, like, the Rome and all that, so we, so America's gonna be here, is here to stay, bro, it's here, mm-hmm. it's gonna be here for a while, it's gonna be here for a while, Mm-hmm. Like generations and generations and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's just that's like the interesting and like just this is very interesting. Like politics is very interesting, very very. Interesting. <laughs> like I've been to politics since like 
uh, I was not, like when Obama first when Obama oh eight so I was like seven, but I never really want. I always felt like running for office and stuff like that kind of is like I don't want to say pointless, but it's like it's other ways. I feel like you can spread a message and and spread the ideologies and stuff like that. Because I think it all starts in movements and through and changing the way mm-hmm. people think. To cause a shift in paradigms of like the world we live in. Yeah, we can't rely on politicians. I agree with your point. We can't rely on politicians to change everything because they are beholden to big money and big donors. Real, like what you just said, movements lead you know change. You know, we have to stand up just like what happened in, you know, what happened in uh, Great Britain. They stood up. Mm-hmm. We have to also stand up. We have to also revolt. We have to also speak our honest opinions. And what, how do you do those things? You create movements. You don't rely. You don't. You don't go to your politician and say, "Please, could you do this for me?" Don't beg for it. Demand it. And I think, like, um, you talk about things like, uh, like Dr. Claude Anderson and stuff like that. Like, we honestly need more black biz. We we need more black big business. Like, you know, if you ever did like the research and statistics, like, um, I did this myself. Black people, we make up like what? If we was to start our own country, we would make black people in America. We would make up like what? Thirteen trillion dollars GDP. That would be that's that's more money than like Vietnam. That would be that place is thirteenth above Vietnam. If you know about Vietnam, Vietnam is actually a very wealthy country because a lot of stuff is made in Vietnam. So that comes to show you that black people are actually very powerful, very wealthy people. We are not. We we um a lot of things we do in a lot of ways we act. I think I personally feel like. Um, we want to mimic white people. If you ever watched like Thomas Sowell, familiar with Thomas Sowell? Yes. Politics aside, I think you know, you know, I'm not into the black Republican thing, but he is right about one thing, and I've always agreed on this. While I watch him, he said that it's like the title. I, don't, I ain't gonna. I don't read the books. I just watch a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> I'm I'm upfront about. It. I don't. I don't really care. I just know he said that. Uh, what, uh, black redneck, it's something like black redneck, white liberal, something like that's what it's called, black redneck, white liberal. And he talked about how the idea of black people kind of being like gangsters and stuff like that stems from the fact that we thought that's how white people act because white people at a time were, were, were very savages, they, they were brutal people, you know, they you know did all sorts of things, castrated us, whipped us, all sorts of evil, nonsensical stuff that shouldn't even be you know mentioned. But I think like. That honestly, right there, I feel like is why I feel like we have these certain stereotypes perpetuate on us. Like, what we're doing is very like you don't see this in like you don't see this anymore. There's two black people just talking. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, we wanna the way the world is set up, we wanna argue with the next black man and woman and and, and, and be angry and not together. Watch, I think it's totally wrong. That's totally unfair. Mm-hmm. By by the stretch of any stretch of the imagination, yeah. Because you know, like this right here would, shit, like this is different. <laughs> yeah, like this is actually like surprise. Like I'm I'm surprised stuff like this is different. Like this isn't like whoa, like two black men, two young black men talking about politics, young black women talking about. That's just not something, and I, that's why yeah. that's one of my things I really want to have on my platform is I want to show that the black that black people. Or intelligence, like if you ever understand like the hip, the history of hip hop, one thing I've always realized: a lot of rappers back in the day were actually really smart. Yeah. <laughs> like if you ever listen to Nas, I'm like, yo. Yeah, Nas. Like he's 
actually really smart. Yeah, they just actually put one of his his first album inside the Library of Congress. What? It's in the Library of Congress? in the Library of Congress? Yes. Yep. That's fire. Yep. One time for Nas, man. Queens Bridge. One time for Nas, man. That's, that, that's actually, that just shows that, like, black people are really creative people. Like, we are, like, the first original type. Mm-hmm. You know, anything we do, we put our minds that we can do. But one thing I want to say before, you know, you know, I know we still have some time, but I just want to say some things. Um, I believe that we as black people, we have to stop voting based on identity alone. We have to vote based on off of policies, policies, because like I said, I mentioned Barack Obama earlier. I do look up to Barack Obama because he he does in a way look like me, you know, and he went he ran and he won. He showed black people that they could be the face of an imperialist nation. But we have to also take into account, you know, the things that he did for the community um, in terms of black community. And what he failed to do was he failed to give some black people some resources. You know, we, we have to hold our people accountable. But when we run, meaning our generation, when we run, people are not going to elect you just based off of your skin color alone. You have to deliver on policies. You have to deliver on substance. You know, you have to, you have to give up something else because the mere fact that you're a, a black or that you're a man or you're a woman, that's not going to work. And I think people are recognizing, especially our generation. Our rec- our generation is recognizing real real BS. They see BS when they when they see it. So we have to really run on policies, and that's why I was a big supporter of Bernie. Shout out to Bernie Sanders, man. I, I, I supported Bernie Sanders. Wasn't was he on that campaign team? Yeah, we were we were together. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, man. I like Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was a cool dude, man. Um, thoughts on so what you think about like so you know money bag Joe, mm-hmm. if you know God forbid if money jack bag Joe does kick the bucket, what you think about Kamala Harris as president? Um, honestly, I think Kamala Harris will be a great influence on the basis of her being a good uh, role model for black people and black women in particular. Mm-hmm. But I think her policies will not deliver on the basis of providing people with opportunities. And what I mean by that is, you know, putting money in the hands of more black entrepreneurs, you know, building up black business, uh, providing health care. Uh, you know, she's a neoliberal corporatist. You know, her special interest is big money, big, big dollars, you know, uh, continuing the wars um, and bombing other countries. We don't need that. That's 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 neoconservative policies. We don't need that in office. We need somebody who's going to take charge. We need somebody who's going to be honest. You know, we need somebody who's not going to run on the basis and pander. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna emphasize this: pander to the black electorate, pander to the Asian electorate, telling them that they should vote for her because she's a woman and she's black. It doesn't work that way. You have to deliver on policies. Policy. Politics, policy, deliver on policy, and people will show up to the polls. That was deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, like for all you don't know, neoconservatives, those are like those are like George Bush and all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta gotta like the people, man. This is the, like honestly, like one thing about college, I've always like me like, but like one thing I've liked about my major. 
But political science is the fact that I meet like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I meet people who understand. Like growing up, I I I had everything except that. I feel like I feel like that's the only thing I think I I did not have growing up was like besides my parents and older people. You know, some of my age, like yeah, you know, bro. I think like the political structure of the world is kind of is <laughs> like you know I think the political structure of the, the economic GDP. Capital rate of the black economic <laughs> experiences. I couldn't do that, bro. Like if I was like, yo, bro, if you start talking about that, I'm like, nigga, shut up. <laughs> it's my show, it's my platform. I put my money for this. I can say that. <laughs> I can say that. Welcome to America. <laughs> uh Richard, man, um, this is kind of a tradition. Yo, um, drop your social media. You already know. Drop just uh, my social media is the Richard Bowler. I'm gonna repeat, the Richard Bowler. My name is Richard, and I'm running for Senate at large, and I want to establish a student-led Senate. You already know my name. You already know Biggie Talk Them on Instagram and Twitter. And also follow Talk Them Entertainment on on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. Woo! Thank you. Yeah, man, that's just, this was that was pretty dope, man. You know, you know, you said earlier DC is the best city in the world. Uh, one thing about DC, I always want to understand. You know, my friend, you know, Marcus the Caravan. What's time for Marcus? He's from DC. And one thing I'm learning about DC: how come DC is like, how come DC is so messed up for the to be the nation's capital? Um. So the history of DC, you know. The infamous uh, mayor Murray, um, Marion Berry, That's you know, dope, man. the best mayor I think in the history. He did crap. Of mayors. He smoked crap. Son. Yeah, don't hold that. Don't hold that against I him. Know. He was he was set up. You know that he was set up. But he should have. He, he should have still. Yeah, he was set up for real. He, he was, was actually set up. Oh, he really did smoke crack. The FBI. No, no, he did. I think he oh, did. Hey, but yo. the FBI did set that up. Hey, that so was a sting operation. That was, why so, why, why, why did they do that to him? They did it to him because he was black. He was. It showed that black people. DC was like the one of the first cities. I think probably the first major city that had like black people in charge, like really had black people in charge. I'm talking about we haven't like in today's modern politics the way today modern DC politics run. We haven't had a white mayor. Yeah, I it's been it. all black mayors. I seen that on Wikipedia. So Mary Marion um, Barry, he was very infamous. Um, and doing what he had to do. You know, he did get arrested. He did serve his time. He came back better and stronger than ever. Um, he was advocating on behalf of black wealth, black opportunities, black entrepreneurship. Got criticized a lot for his stance, but still true and still bold to his um, ideology. Uh, and then you have, right now, you have, you know, the current mayor. She's pushing for gentrification, um, displacing people who have lived there for generations. Um, it's a lot of bad things happening in D.C. It's a lot of bad things happening everywhere. But what makes D.C. so unique, what makes D.C. so special is the countless opportunities you get when you move to the nation's capital. You know, me being from D.C., I have received D.C. tag, $10,000 towards college. Being from D.C., I've received some health care benefits. You know, being, being that D.C. is very democratic in its approach to politics and how it governs. Uh, being from D.C., we receive different opportunities that other places don't receive. That doesn't necessarily make us better, but also allows for people like that look like me, that think like me, to go, you know, to get to the higher levels of politics and the higher, um, you know, levels of law. Yeah. Uh, also, another thing I see on Instagram, D.C. trying to get statehood. Yes. 
Talk about that. Um, so we feel like we pay the highest in taxes, other than California and New York. We pay the highest in taxes. And I feel like it's unfair for us not to be a state. Um, we don't get the representation in the Senate. They call us the nation's capital, but we don't get any rights um, as far as, you know, representing, the, you know, with the two senators and even the governor, uh, a governorship. We don't have any of those things. So what, what we, we are seeking is a vote, a vote in the Senate. And this will not only benefit D.C., but this will benefit people of color throughout the nation. Um, adding an electorate that will vote on behalf of black people, that will vote on behalf of fairness, and that will provide for the for for um, people from marginalized communities. This will be the opportunity of a lifetime. So if DC gets statehood, just be on the lookout for more progressive policies for black people. Man, personally, I always think that I always, I think Atlanta is kind of going to be like that mecca for black people. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta Atlanta's up and coming. Atlanta is the black mecca. I always look at Atlanta as like the black mecca for entertainment, not politics, you know. And, you know, you have Tyler Perry Studios. You have different um, opportunities. You know, you have all your judge shows, The Voice Court, all of my favorite shows on there. Manifesting in talk time entertainment will be in Atlanta. Yes. I can't wait for that. Yes. So I think D.C., Atlanta, um, um, what, what other places? Uh Probably New, well, New York. But uh, New York, New York getting gentrified, man. It's New getting York, gentrified, but I think that New York, the lost, world. New York lost a lot of its flavor, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I love. But New when you York talk to about death. Manhattan, you know, yeah, Manhattan is white. When yeah. you talk about bro, uh, Rhode, uh, Rhode Island, Rhode Island. <laughs> he said, "I did that on purpose." You look at me crazy. Rhode Island. <laughs> Talking about Rockers Island, brother, <laughs> Long Island, brother, Staten Island, brother, uh, Ellis Island. No, I'm saying I'm talking about in terms of being white. I'm about to say like, man. yeah, in terms of being white, you know, uh-huh. Syracuse with Syracuse, Syracuse local. yeah, Rhode Island's another state, bro. <laughs> but yeah, man. But um, you know, I and I think and I think this is like like a lot of dialogue. This is why I really this is why I actually really love this show because like I could really just be around <laughs> like like type characters like everyone I feel like. Everyone is always a character. I feel like everyone has a story to tell. Everyone, like even this election, it's not more of how should I say? It's not more of campaign and campaign because a lot of times you know people be like, "Greetings, I am such and such <laughs> sophomore political science major," but we don't get to know these people as like people. Mm-hmm. What their thoughts were, their inner thoughts, what make them, what makes them do the things they do, and how. And in the process it takes, and how honestly, it's really honestly simple. It's about mindset at the end of the day. Like a lot of times, you know, people from New York feel like there's like a certain mindset you gotta have being from New York. Yeah, I'm from New York. I feel like that's honestly toxic. A lot of things is toxic, toxic. You know, we talking about toxic. I think there's toxic stereotypes. Like be living, living, being a living stereotype ain't cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I've realized. Like meeting people, like meeting people like you, made me realize. Like, yo, bro, I don't gotta be a stereotype. Like, I can, like, I can just be a, uh, 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 I can just be me. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, I meet all these great, amazing people. Like, and, you know, as I get, and like as I get to, like this conversation, I, I know you now. Mm-hmm. Before I didn't, I thought she was like this, this guy, but I always make, but I always make sure I see every perspective and everybody. So that's yeah. why it's wonderful. But um, Richard, man. Great talking to you. It's great talking to you too. You know, Thanks for the opportunity. Season, man. No doubt, man.